On a Monday, it's Bigger Pockets Daily. This is where we take the best articles from biggerpockets.com and read them, so you can keep learning about real estate while you go about your busy life. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're trying to close on your next rental. So why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Personal finance is personal. Mindy tracks last month's budgeting wins, errors, and extra expenses. By Mindy Jensen. Wow. So, as it turns out... Tracking your spending isn't as easy as I make it sound on the Bigger Pockets Money podcast. Who knew? I knew it would be challenging to do this, and I wanted to show you that it isn't easy and that it's okay to make mistakes. Well, I'm leading by example for sure, because I made a lot of mistakes last month. <laughs> Follow along at biggerpockets.com slash Mindy's Budget, by the way. All right, so over the last month, I over-budgeted in many categories and under-budgeted in others. As such, I'm making a few changes for February based on my January spending, but keeping most of what I had for January in place for February, too. This will allow me to weigh whether January was an anomaly or whether I need to make a change. I really hate to see so much red. I'm also figuring out what works best for both my husband and me with regard to accounting for future spending. For example... Property taxes are a sure thing, and my January allocation was based on the previous year's tax bill. I haven't actually paid that money yet, but it will ultimately be paid in April and May. It's a known, or rather known-ish, expense, so I can budget for it. On the other hand, travel is a far more fluid expense, 
We have a travel expense in March that we've already entered into the budget because that's when we're traveling. But we purchased the tickets in January. So the question is, do you account for that in January or in March? Guess we'll see how that works out. For now, here's my January budget and spending recap for you to follow along with. Mindy's January Budgeting Rundown, The Errors and Extra Expenses. Let's go look at all of my errors for the month of January. First off, when did gas get so expensive? I don't do a ton of driving, and I consider one of my early-on Ramit-style wins to be the fact that I simply do not pay attention to the cost of gas, and never have, because I cannot stock up on it, I cannot shop around for it, it's always within a few cents wherever you're at. I cannot wait for it. When I need it, I need it now. Still, gas prices have gone up significantly, and I will need to consider this for the February budget. Turns out Amazon purchases also sneak up on you. <laughs> Carl and I were talking at the end of the day early in the month, and he asked me if I had entered the Amazon purchases into the spending tracker. Nope. Didn't even occur to me to enter them into the tracker. Yikes. So, if you're having trouble figuring out why your spending doesn't match your credit card bills, check out your Amazon account. That could easily be the culprit. Also, how do you handle business expenses? I completely overlooked the fact that January is when my MLS dues hit, to the tune of 605 bucks. I didn't put these expenses in my personal budget because they're business expenses that I pay out of the business income. Ditto to client lunches. Is that okay? I hope it's okay. The January budget busters. Now let's take a look at those big-time budget busters. Car repairs, clothing, restaurants, and household items. Car repairs. My car is a 2003 model, and sometimes things go wrong. I don't throw the whole car out just because something finally broke. Last month, the windshield wipers stopped working, which are a car part that you totally take for granted most of the time. And that's especially true when you live in a desert, as I do. But it also snows in my desert, and as such, wipers are necessary. We thought it was a fuse, so we replaced it and it blew again and again. We finally took it into the shop to resolve the issue. And that was expensive... Prior to this, we'd actually spent almost nothing on automotive repairs for this car, which was bought new in 2003. So, overall, this has been a great purchase. And in the middle of the month, an ice storm hit. As we were driving down the road, we hit a patch of ice and slid into a snowbank. When this happened, we broke the ball joint, knuckle, something or other, in the wheel well as it slammed into the ice-covered snow. In turn... The car that we had not done any repairs or maintenance to in years suddenly needed $1,066.95 in repairs. And it happened the very first month that I started publicly tracking my spending. Sigh. Clothes and shoes. My running shoes were terrible, and I needed a new pair. Last month, I saved money by buying a different brand than I normally buy and they were on clearance, because they are the ugliest shoes ever. The color is seriously called Ocean Decay. But this was not an expense I had factored in when creating my budget. 
so it helped break the budget. Household. This category is laundry detergent, soap, cleaners, and things like that, which are meant for the house. We ran out of every household item in January, and I had to buy more. Luckily, I anticipate being under budget in this category in the coming months because I buy in bulk, and it lasts for a very long time. Restaurants. There is clearly room for improvement here, but I've also increased my budget for next month because we actually didn't go out all that much. And I like going out to restaurants. That said, not everything was a disaster for my budget in January, and overall, the budget was actually pretty good. Plus, the car repairs could have come out of an emergency fund, if there was one. Let's take a look at what went right. The January budget wins. Here's what went right in January. Groceries. I consider the entire month a massive success, simply because my grocery budget was so close to my grocery actual. <laughs> this happened by being super conscious of my grocery spending the entire month, and there have been months where groceries have topped $1,200 easily. The budget cautions. We have a couple of recurring shipments from Amazon that were set up months ago. These ongoing shipments pay when they ship, and you have to remember to put these things in your spending tracker too. Utilities. We have recently installed solar panels, so our electric bills should be negative once the snow melts. We also bought this house more than two years ago, and when we went through our records to try and find a recent gas bill, we couldn't find anything. It turns out the seller has been paying the gas bill the entire time we've owned the house. So there is no historical gas utility data for us to go off of. Household. This is kind of a catch-all category for us and will probably ebb and flow with life in general. This month was a big old flow. The month end wrap-up for Mindy's budget. All in all, the month was pretty successful in terms of budgeting. We didn't go completely off the rails, but I was also hyper-conscious about my spending. We also tried dry January and aimed to stay out of restaurants. Going forward, I think the key to sticking to my budget will be remaining conscious of the spending. It's so easy to let money slip through your fingers when you're not paying attention. Remember, you can follow along or just check in from time to time at biggerpockets.com slash Mindy's Budget. I hope you got some value out of that article. Before I get out of here, did you know Bigger Pockets has nationwide data that can help you identify the best market, neighborhood, and property to invest in? It's called Bigger Pockets Insights, and it's a benefit available to pro members only. See if Bigger Pockets Insights can help you at biggerpockets.com/insights. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you back here tomorrow.